Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The situation seems dire. The armies of Israel have gone out for their seasonal war against their neighbors to the coast, the Philistines. And in those days, most of war was really rather boring. The vast majority of their time was just spent with the armies encamped opposite one another. And given that those armies were made up almost entirely of untrained farmers and craftsmen, and also that any large-scale fighting with the weapons of the day was really a rather gruesome affair. Many conflicts were settled by each side sending out a champion for single combat. And so in that way, the battle described in our Old Testament lesson is nothing out of the ordinary. What is out of the ordinary, of course, is the particular champion that the Philistines put forth. Now it's hard for us to know what exactly the ancient authors mean by their units of measurement, cubits and shekels. But what we can say is that Goliath was big. Not necessarily impossibly big, but still definitely the biggest guy that anyone in those parts or these parts had ever seen. And he has weapons and armor to match, just as imposing as he is. And so day after day he comes out to the forces of Saul and taunts them, cries out for them to send their champion over to do battle. And day after day the armies of Israel sink deeper into their fear and behind the rocks of the valley of Elah. Now many years later we find a very similar situation in a very different environment. The Sea of Galilee is really just a lake. But it sits at the bottom of a bowl of hills that makes it particularly susceptible to sudden and violent storms that roll in off the Mediterranean. And the people of Israel were never a seafaring people. In fact, terror of the open water is handed down in their cultural memory so that the water and the sea and especially storms in their sacred texts, which are our sacred texts, are always used as symbols for chaos and death. Even those who dared fish on the lake usually did so pretty close to the shore and always in bright and fair weather. So to be in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the night, in the middle of a storm, is too much even for the professional fishermen among the disciples. Their enemy like the enemy of the armies of Saul, seems impossible. Their doom seems all but certain. All hope is lost. Chaos and death seem to have won the victory. On another day, on a hill outside Jerusalem, we meet the same situation again. The angry fear of the religious leaders and the brutal might of the political authorities have colluded to execute Jesus. He hangs, bleeding and dying as the giant of chaos and the hurricane of death 
move in to destroy him. Once again, the enemy seems impossible. Their doom seems all but certain. All hope is lost. Chaos and death seem to have won the victory. And even when our champion strides out onto the field to meet the challenge, he inspires little confidence. By any worldly measure, he's making a full stand. He's no match for the enemy. The shepherd boy with his smooth stones, or the sleepy teacher with his words, or the dying Lord with nothing at all. What can they do against the forces of chaos and death? Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Laughs the giant. In wordless howls, the wind and the wave throws the boat about like a toy. He saved others, but he cannot save himself, mocks the crowd. Chaos and death scorns our champion, while all the while our cry goes up to our God, do you not care that we are perishing? But then, in the acceptable time, in the day of salvation, the smooth stone finds its mark, and the giant comes a-tumbling down. The teacher rouses himself from his slumbers, and with a word quells the rage of the storm. The condemned man cries out, it is finished, and the forces of chaos and death fall silent. And so David finishes off Goliath with his own sword, and by the breath of his word, Christ calms the chaos of the storm. And by death, Christ tramples down death. So that when he rouses from the slumber of that three days' death, he can speak the words, peace be still over all creation. And those words still go out from our Lord, slaying giants and calming storms and destroying chaos and death wherever they still seek to wreak their havoc so that we, in Christ, though we find that havoc still in every corner and moment of our lives, we can live in the triumphant peace of Christ. In Christ, we may be treated as imposters, but we know that we are true. As unknown, yet we know we are well known as dying and see, we live. As punished and yet not killed, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. For our enemies, chaos and death have been put to flight. Their doom is sure and our hope is unshakable. For our champion has won the victory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.